The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, everyone. Always glad to have you along riding shotgun, as it were. Our producer, Eric Ryder, today, he's a familiar fixture and always a great opportunity for me when I get to work with Eric. When you join us today, and Jamie Jensen is the guest, you are talking about a man whom I regard as the go-to guy for two-lane travel. Since he began, the highways have expanded, but so too have the opportunities. There is so much to see in this country. For today, for this episode, however, we're going to hone in on the golden state of California. You talk about two-lane travel opportunities, along with the freeways, going to the beach, going to the mountains, going to the desert, going to the big cities, going to the suburbs. What a splash of color and adventure and excitement when you visit the Golden State. That's going to be the epic substance of our talk today. It's always great to have Jamie with us. So give us a couple of minutes, and when we come back, we will be touring California together on American Road Trip Talk. We're coming back with the interview right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and alert drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert drops will stop it. What is alert drops? Alert drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Are we there yet? That's not a question you'll be hearing while cruising around Nevada. That's because here in the road trip capital of the USA, that old cliche about it being the journey that matters more is actually legit. In Nevada, you can kick back in a crowdless state or national park. Gaze up at some of the nation's darkest, most star-studded skies. Meander among the world's oldest living trees. Have your breath stolen by the crystal clear waters of Lake Tahoe. All along the way, you will find the kinds of iconic, wide-open highways where road trip dreams are made. For insider tips about Nevada road trips and unexpected Silver State destinations, Order your free Nevada magazine and visitor guide today at TravelNevada.com slash travel dash guides. Dr. Sanjay Gupta brings you health tips for a better life Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., 8 a.m., and 5 p.m. right here on KKNW. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Growing up along Route 66 in California, Jamie Jensen was immersed in road trip culture from an early age. Back then, of course, freeways were new, cheeseburgers cost a quarter, and every beach, seemingly every beach, had a waterfront amusement park. 
family vacations around the country nurtured his appreciation of our distinctive landscapes across the country, unique attractions, and unexpected local traditions. Today, we're going to spend the rest of our brief time together talking about the glories of California and how you can get to and through them for the road trip adventure of a lifetime. Jamie Jensen, I should mention, is also author of Road Trip USA, now in its 25th anniversary edition. It's a book of cross-country adventures on America's two-lane highways. Welcome back once again, Jamie Jensen. Hey, it's great to be with you, Gary. Jamie, I'll tell you, if, if Speaking of riding shotgun, if you ever want to make a trip and I have the free time, I would love to go for the sheer glory of watching you navigate your way with your expertise, with all of this background of experience you have to go through California because there's so much there to see. The adventure is endless. And I'm sure that you have found yourself from time to time choosing, do I go this way? Do I go that way? Or maybe you're more the type that wants to plan it out so that you know exactly where you're going every mile. Um, a little of everything, really. I think following your nose is the essence of the road trip, really. When you see something, you want to go check it out, Hit, drive down that, take that little road and, and follow it to the end and see what you can see. But no, California is the kind of ground zero for car culture. And I think we have the best highways out here. So if you want an introduction to road trip culture, this is definitely the, the state to start from. Jamie, when I think about my time in California, I grew up in SoCal, as they call it there. I, you know, I think of California as a place that is, I mean, it has its boundaries, it has its borders, but it also seems like an endless expanse of the mind with all that variety. California offers the beach, big cities, mountains, desert, suburbia, and so much history that has been lovingly preserved. It all is this wonderful tableau of old California meets the rush to California, including the gold rush, all the way to today. And I just think of the California as being a constantly evolving destination state. It, it, you, that's it. it. Indeed, it is. And it is. A, it's a destination for people from around the world, which gives it a much more kind of diverse and energized culture. You know, it isn't all Hollywood. There's lots, you know, there's farm workers out there picking your lettuces and they're having their lunch. But the thing that's special to me about California is it has really done a pretty good job of preserving the, the beautiful places. I know you and I, when we grew up, there were strawberries lining the road between LA and San Diego and it's <laughs> now suburbs. But, you know, LA... It has taken over lots of SoCal, but there's also Death Valley, there's Joshua Tree, there's Yosemite, there's Big Sur, there's the Redwoods up north. So whatever people are after, they can certainly find it in California. They can and do by the millions. You brought up one, you know, I don't know that this would really be the place where you would start. I don't guess it would be, but you could sure get there. I am absolutely fascinated by the legendary status and the natural beauty in and around Big Sur. You mentioned that place. So however we get there, and you can work that into your narrative if you wish, Janie. When I think of places like Big Sur, I also think of Hearst Castle, for example. I think of being not that far away from San Francisco and the Bay Area. Planning a trip like that, if you wanted to hit highlights, I've just named a few, and there are so many more. How do you do it? How do you decide, okay, this will be my itinerary 
then settle on it and maybe leave yourself some room, some time to make detours if it suits you on the way? Yeah, well, that's always the big question. Of course, the answer tends to be how much time we can carve out for ourselves in busy lives. Because, I mean, the essence of travel, I think, is having the time to enjoy the places you're passing through. So often you see people who have like this overlong itinerary and they're trying to go and see all of California in a week. You know, and it's it can be done. You can drive everywhere, but it's much better to take your time. And Big Sur is the sort of place that really rewards going slow. And it has that immaculate, wonderful ribbon of highway, Highway 1, the Pacific Coast Highway, which links all the places along there. I mean, the actual drive is only about 100 miles, really, between what you like, Hearst Castle and Monterey Aquarium are the two kind of standout destinations at either end of Big Sur. But the drive between, you could spend a week and not see half of it. So it's that's the thing about travel, and particularly in California, that you can go deep or you can skim the surface. And it works. It's fun either way. And there is a mystique to it all. When I think about Highway 1, I believe that is that stretch of California referred to by the Grateful Dead when they sing of driving down that highway where ocean breezes blow. Wow. Well, we, we don't want to get distracted by the Grateful Dead, but they're certainly one of the things that make California kind of what it is, I think. And it's still alive and well that, you know, San Francisco hippie culture is now they're making microbrews and growing really good food for people and, and still playing music. There's wonderful music festivals. There's all kinds of things. Now that we kind of come out of that pandemic shutdown, whatever, I think people are getting happy hanging out together. And I'm really kind of enjoying, despite high gas prices and everything else there is to worry about, just the fact that people still want to get together and go and explore places. I mean, this has been, California is a big enough place that it can accommodate all sorts of people. It never feels crowded, even when there is occasional traffic here and there. Absolutely. And that's true for people wherever they're coming from. Now, we broadcast originally from uh, Seattle. That's where this uh, show and podcast originate. And then, you know, we go to the four corners of the earth with this, and we're sure grateful for all the people who do tune in so faithfully. Let's say that people are leaving from Seattle. You're at a great advantage, a natural advantage in terms of the topography, the landscape, the highways, the routes, it seems to me, Jamie, because if you start in Seattle, you're going to make your way down. And let's say you're taking the coast. Okay, you come from Seattle, but at some point, if you wish, you are free to go into Oregon. Yes, you'll see Portland, but then you get on the coast where the beaches change and with it, the mood, the sights, the sounds, and the communities. It really is kind of kaleidoscopic in its way. Just even that's before you get to the California border. For sure. And a lot of what Oregon has to offer and Washington has to offer is kind of continued into Northern California. We have, you know, the dense forests. There's, um, and it's a much different climate. The ocean is still pretty cool. You'll get fogs and cool weather all the way down to San Francisco, which famously has quite a cool summer. Um, unlike, you know, I'm 100 miles inland from there and it can be 100 degrees when it's 65 in San Francisco. So, um, yeah, I mean, picking and choosing. The thing about uh, California is like a thousand miles top to tail. So even once you get here, you've got to make some decisions. And, you know, fly drive is a great idea. Just cruise down to L.A., get some sports car and drive around for a week and then go on to somewhere else. But, I mean, there's so many different drives in different places. And because it's such a center of car culture, it really is the way... 
to get around and you'll see those wonderful i mean we haven't even talked about neon signs and all the kind of car cultural fun that you can have on a road trip in california and of course that brings me to the other great road which crosses a very different landscape and that's route 66 which kicks off at the LA beaches at Santa Monica and takes you across the deserts, you know, Grand Canyon, and then America, you know, as far as you want to go. But that, that kind of variety that you could be on Pacific Coast Highway and Route 66, and they actually cross in California. And at that crossroads, you're faced with an abundance of choices, California being what it is. When you travel there, Jamie, let us in a little bit on your mindset and the way you plan an itinerary, maybe building in some extra time in case you want to make a side trip somewhere, that it seems like the choices proliferate to the degree where ultimately, unless you have nothing but time, you have to be a bit choosy. Yeah, well, that's the hard part about writing a guidebook. I mean, my guidebook is pretty big, and I've been writing books about California. That was the, the first book I ever wrote was a travel guide to California back way back in the 80s. If you remember those days before there were cell phones and GPS systems and laptop computers, and, and travel was a real excitement. And I remember going to Big Sur, and there's a Henry Miller is one of the many writers who's been through there, but he wrote a book about America called The Air Conditioned Nightmare, which is kind of scathing, but it's it's also kind of intense. And so you've got this legacy of Jack Kerouac. So you can start from the history and the literature of California or just pull out a map and say, listen, I've got to be here in three days. How do I get there? Which is kind of my favorite mode of traveling. I work backwards from how much time I have. And then I say, well, I can drive this far, but I could also stop and hike to that waterfall or something like that. So once you know kind of the parameters of where you need to be, and who you're traveling with. There's so many things that can make a road trip happen. I tend to travel by myself a lot of the time just because I have such a crazy pace, but I love traveling with my boys and taking a Frisbee and going and playing some way. So there really is just about everything, but taking the time before you set off and pack up the car to think about, well, where do we want to be this afternoon? You know, it's a great freedom to actually savor, have the chance to choose where you're going to go for lunch every day. Oh, yes. Again, choices. That's right. Let's talk about some of the highlights and see if we can't get into a variegated terrain there in California, because it's all there. Jamie, if you are in California and you, for example, you have an itch to stay in one of the earliest motels with all that roadside culture, I found out from your book that I think it's the first one that was built or developed is in San Luis Obispo, speaking of beautiful places to stop. Speaking of beautiful, one of my favorite towns, San Luis Obispo, the coast along there is, it's where you finally got out of the, you know, to me, the LA sprawl sort of ends at Santa Barbara. It's, you know, you cruise along the coast, but then by the time you get up to San Luis Obispo, which is another 100 miles or so north, you're really into rural California. And it's a beautiful little town. It's got a mission. It's got some gorgeous coast. And it had the world's first motel. Um, they were already that type of building, but it was the first place that called itself a motel. And it's, I think the building, the physical building is actually preserved in a much more modern motel. So you can go and see the sign and there's a historic plaque outside, but you can also get the uh, modern comforts of a really nice bed and air conditioning and hot water, which wasn't always guaranteed in some of those early roadside establishments. And let's not forget color TV. <laughs> hey, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the yes. places that have the magic fingers beds in them. There's still a few of those out there where you put in a quarter and the thing kind of vibrates for a while. And Only one quarter? I've checked into one of those with a sack full of quarters and had a ball. Well, we'll, we'll save that for another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we talk about the flavors of California, there are also the allegiances, the affiliations. And in my experience, because my dad used to drive us from Orange County, where I grew up, to Yosemite, well, that was a day, and you saw an awful lot of California. And then at the end, there's the pot of gold at the end of your California rainbow, Yosemite National Park. But these places that you could visit, had so much to offer of small town America going up, as they call it, the grapevine. What I discovered was that, in my experience anyway, yes, Santa Barbara, it starts to change. It's a pivotal town in that way. But I found that if you were a Dodger fan and you made it to Fresno, it depended on whom you spoke with, because there would be a town divided. You had your Dodgers fans, but this is where you start to see the San Francisco Giants caps as well. Well, I, and I think there might be an explanation for that besides geography, because I think the Giants' big, their big AAA farm club was in Fresno for a long time. So little things like that. And that's one of the great joys for me of traveling to smaller towns is doing minor league baseball. You know, and, and the Central Valley has a couple. I think one of the first teams, it, it's still there, but it's where the, the poem Casey at the Bat was set in Stockton, California. Another one of these little towns that it's really easy to just drive past on the freeway. But if you get off onto the right road into the old downtown or to a minor league baseball game or find a cheeseburger somewhere in these places and just sit and listen to people talk and learn what their concerns are and what they're like, you realize how many different Californias there are. You know, it's not one big, not everyone's a movie star here. You know, <laughs> there's, there's some people who actually work for a living. Oh, yes, I know what you mean. And that's a great segue into my next question, Jamie, which is how do you come to realize and explain to others, hopefully so that they'll make the trek themselves? The way I've always sought to explain California is by saying Sacramento is not San Francisco. San Francisco is not LA and LA is not San Diego. And around these, these megalopolises, <laughs> or is it megalopolises, there you've got these big cities. And around them, you've got mountains, you've got the beach, you've got desert, you have forested lands, you have national parks, you have an endless array of state parks. It's important to know what you want to do and where you want to see it, because in a given trip, let's say that you've got a couple of weeks in California, you couldn't exhaust the possibilities. You wind up, are you going to go metropolitan? Are you going to go out into nature? Because you get to choose. You're behind the wheel and the means of getting there is always available. For sure. And, and and I think all those places, what's what's really, I mean, it's a cliche, but to call California the land of contrasts, you know, that you can be surfing in the morning and skiing in the afternoon or vice versa and real or trying to realize that, you know, the, the top gun vision of San Diego is very different from the kind of Beach Boys vision of L.A. And I don't know what you'd be in, in San Francisco, some kind of post-punk apocalypse of, of some kind that's all very techie, but they're, they're very different cities and they have a lot in common. 
common because they're all in the same crazy state. But each place would take, you know, a lifetime to really get to feel you're the master of. But they're all the thing about Californians, I think, because most people are from elsewhere. It's a very welcoming place to travel. They're used to strangers. It isn't insular and it's not hard to figure out where to go. You just follow the lines for that hot dog shaped hot dog stand. And then when you get down, if you're in Los Angeles, wow. I mean, it it is mind boggling. And then I used to think, you know, if I wanted to take in a game at Dodger Stadium, if I wanted to go into Hollywood, all of the into Westwood, it goes on and on downtown L.A., of course. But then when I head about 30 miles south, now you're into another pop cultural mecca. It was seven miles from where I live door to parking lot to get to Disneyland. And with that, you have this this rich complex of places where you can go. You've got the Angels playing baseball there. Of course, Disneyland and the California theme park. You can choose to do that. And in that way, I'll bet more than one smart road tripper has decided to segment California and to be particular, to be a bit finicky, because once you get into a region, there's this urge to see all that you can see or all that time allows. Yeah, which is an admirable urge, right? If you want to see these places, get to know them. I think the thing that's important is to not feel like you're missing out on the things you're not going to get to because you're not going to see everything. And so just to really, like you say, throw yourself into these different places. I mean, Disneyland is a blast, right? If you time it when it's not overcrowded, that's always the challenge is kind of getting there and making it so that you get it at the right time rather than when they're over full. But besides Disneyland, there's that wonderful Queen Mary, which to me was a destination. I remember when they brought it there when I was a kid, you know, this elegant, elegant liner that is just moored off Long Beach, California, where one of my favorite amusement parks, you know, used to be. I don't know if you were a fan of those beachfront amusement parks, but there's still a couple that you can go and see. The one in Long Beach was called the Pike, but the one that survives is up north in Santa Cruz. There's a boardwalk amusement park. San Diego still has one, I think, that they're trying to revive that has roller coasters and all the kind of silly games. So you can, you know, go back and forth between these super world-class art museums that LA and San Diego and San Francisco have, and then go and have some silly fun at a kind of county fair, fun fair, you know, ride a roller coaster, do a shooting gallery, just go for a walk along the beach you know, to, to pace yourself so that you can do whatever it is you want to do, because California certainly has some pretty good options for everybody. Would that include some desert turnouts, for example? And now I speak of Southern California in San Bernardino County, huge expanse of land within California. I can remember seeing signs, I think it was around Indio, where you could get a date shake and then you go to places like Adelanto, of course, Victorville, which is a lot bigger than I remember Victorville when I was a kid. And then you got you gas up and grab your uh, Mickey D's food at Barstow and you keep going all the way to Las Vegas. You can choose. There you're talking about the desert terrain. And unless I miss my guess here, Jamie, if you're looking for the two-lane adventure, that's where you really have to drill down. Look at your map consult your GPS, consult Road Trip USA by Jamie Jensen to figure out what awaits you if you choose to stick to the two-lane highways. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's the, in my book, I've tried to break it down. So like into 100 mile segments or 10 mile segments, but every every page opens up to what there is in that part of the world. So I'll have a place to eat. If you want to stay at a, um, 
teepee-shaped motel. There's a couple of those out on Old Route 66 out in San Bernardino where the birthplace of McDonald's, it's not just where you can get it, but it's where it comes from. I mean, we invented, I sometimes like to claim that we invented the cheeseburger or the fast food. There's there's something about LA that was really the 20th century, I think, in Southern California, and, and cars had so much to do with that. But to, to find the two-lane roads, they've actually started signing them. Like there's a historic Route 66 that the state goes out and puts up signs so you can find follow your way along these wonderful old highways, Highway 99, what we were talking about before, up through Fresno, the old main road before they pop the interstates through, which is really the spirit of Road Trip USA is about finding those experiences that are regional and, you know, one of a kind, rather than being the Mickey D's of the world, where the, it's safe and familiar and, you, you know, you know, you know, the bathrooms will be clean, but to, to get off onto the older roads a little bit, and you really discover what California was like in the 50s and 60s before it kind of became this global capital. Uh, yes, indeed. Now, Jamie, with the time we have left, I did want to ask you, let's suppose, and this is, it's bucket list. I confess this is on my bucket list. When I go out to California, I would like to specify those places if they still exist, if they are well-maintained or preserved in a state of gradual decay, a natural process I would like to visit the old ghost towns. I think, of course, maybe the best known in California is Bodie. But I wonder, is there is a, is there a movement? Is there a budget in California for taking care of these places that really are from the middle of the 19th century and have survived with the gold rush tales and all of that that attended California when it was still more Wild West than not? Yeah, for sure. I think I mean California does a pretty good job. I mean, history here, 1945 is like a historic landmark in some in some ways. But Bodie is a great example of what the state has managed to because that's a state historic park. And it was a, a gold mining town off one of my absolute favorite roads. If people are out there looking for a road they haven't heard about before, but Highway 395, which goes along the Nevada-California border from LA up to Washington and Oregon. Um, but passes by Bodie, um, passes past uh, Mount Whitney, the highest point in the continental 48 states, um, very close to, you know, it's where the turnoff to Death Valley. So places like that, I think California does have those. There's another one in the gold country above Sacramento called Columbia State Historic Park, where it's a little bit more of a theme park. But there, there certainly is that match of history. And of course, there's the future too. You drive around and you see some things that are everyone's going to see in 10 years, but California will have it first. California will have it first. And you want to feel like you're among the first to see this constantly evolving state from the road and whenever you can from the two lane highways that still persist doggedly in the Golden State. Next time we get together and talk about California, Jamie, I would love to talk about hitting the big cities the Metropolitan Tour. That will be a lot of fun. And you are the go-to guy with your wonderfully detailed information and that magnificent imagination of yours. Thank you, Jamie Jensen. Always a pleasure. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road.
Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.